Welcome to What's New Today at OFA. This podcast comes to you from the participants of the Film and Media Program at Options for All San Diego. The Film and Media Program introduces participants with physical and developmental disabilities to all of the various aspects of filmmaking. What's New Today at OFA is a variety show podcast featuring exciting segments produced by Options for All students. And now, what's new today at OFA? Welcome to The Boss I'm your host, Julian Sanchez. On today's show, we are talking about a variety of topics in the music world. Let's rock. Michael, do you like CDs or records better than CDs? Like, what what do you think sounds the best? Uh, I don't listen to a lot of vinyl records, but I've listened to lots of CDs in the past, and uh, that have sounded good if they're not like scratched or anything. So uh, it's one of those things I think you have to. Uh, both you have to take care of really well. Yeah, um, I mean, the thing with CDs, uh, you could take them into, like, your car, and you can't do that with certain vinyl records. Um, but yeah, I I think vinyl sounds better than CDs because... Um, do they cost more? They do, they do, actually, depending on what musician or artist or band... So, so if it was like Black Sabbath, how how much do you think it would cost? Well, I mean, I mean, back in the day, I feel like they were like not even like a dollar, like maybe like ten, fifteen bucks. But like nowadays, since there's like reissues of everything, you know, so depending on if because like reissues, I've seen them go for like twenty five, twenty six, even forty dollars, but. Depending on the type of original pressing you have, like if it's like a Vertigo pressing and not a Warner Bros. pressing, the Vertigo is worth way more than the Warner Bros. Mm, interesting. That goes for like a lot of albums, actually. What about Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers? Like I mentioned before, Wildflowers, the original 1985, I believe. I don't know, it was like 85 or 86. It was in the 80s. Yeah, I mean, like, if you have, like, the original, like, first pressing from that year, it's like $1,000 easy if it's in good shape. How do you keep How do you keep them in good shape? Plas- I have, like, these, like, plastic sleeves that go in, like, the actual uh, album cover and... Another sleeves to go over that cover. Uh, what if they get lost or something falls on them? Nah, I usually keep my stuff in like a shelf. You know, I don't have everything, you know, spread out everywhere just randomly. I have like a specific order I put everything in. That's interesting. Well, would you recommend other people listen to vinyl records? I mean, you know, a lot of people these days, it's always streaming stuff. No, nobody really listens to any, like, vinyl or CDs anymore. It's all, you know, either on the phone or, like, 
the computer or something. Yeah, or, or the radio. You know, seems like lots of time I get my music from YouTube or something like that. Yeah, I honestly think that streaming, in a way, kind of did kill off both of those, both CDs and vinyl, because streaming is just way more easy to access, and you, you can't damage it. <laughs> Unless you, like, damage your, like, actual phone or your computer or something. I mean, what about, like, iPods and stuff? Do you think that damaged CDs? Honestly, I don't know. All I know is that they just got rid of a bunch of iPads not that long ago. (laughs) So. Mine just broke at random. (laughs) What did you do to it, Mike? Um... I was listening to music one day and it just it just and it, 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 it just just stopped playing music. Was it was it like oh I don't I don't like this type of music yeah. it just malfunctions. <laughs> That's what it seems like because I was I was trying my best to get it back to like ACTC or something. <laughs> it just malfunctions and and, and, and and it just like was like no Michael I. I don't want to turn on. Damn. Yeah, no, that sucks. That's why I prefer vinyl. But then again, like, vinyl, you know, if you scratch a vinyl record, you can't repair that. If you scratch a vinyl record and if it's a deep enough scratch, that specific part of the vinyl record won't play. What if it's just a little scratch? Like if it's like if it's like not deep and it doesn't affect the play, but it has like background noise to it, then that's fine. It still plays. Just clean it a little bit better just to get the debris of the wax out of the groove. But if it's like physically cracked or if it's like a scratch that makes it skip or repeats itself. That doesn't sound too good. Nope. Uh, especially if it's a really good band and it costs a lot. <sighs> you know what's funny? So yesterday, it was... What band was it? It was a new album that I got and it was like brand new reissue. And it was a really, really good band. It was a really, really good song. And so I have three cats at home, right? So one of my cats decided to jump on top of the record player. And I guess it, like, moves the needle. And just, like, the whole record from beginning to end scratch. That whole side just just go hate. Does that cat like music or hate music? I I guess he hates it. I don't know. (laughs) Usually he's in the back somewhere, but he d- uh, d- decided to ruin my record for whatever reason. Cats. Cats, exactly. You weren't able to listen to that record? No, it was it was a uh, Radiohead record. It was the one with, uh, with Creep, matter uh, of fact. So yeah, I have to I have to buy a new one. Lots of good songs on there. Lots of good songs. <laughs> what what can you say your favorite one is Creep? I mean that's all I really listen to is Creep. 
I don't really know any of the other songs off that record. What you singing for us? I don't. I'm sorry. I don't. I, I can't <laughs> sing. And I don't know the lyrics. <laughs> and I don't have my guitar with me, so. Uh, I was I was looking forward to having. Oh you no. <laughs> uh oh. Alright, alright, I'll, I'll I'll play a little something. I'll play uh Do you know the song on the guitar? I know No Surprises by Radiohead on guitar. I just know the intro though. Oh please play. Alright. Like all I know. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's a that's a that's a that's a very that will get lots of audiences very interested. Yep. About fifteen seconds in there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I need to relearn that one. Yeah, that's okay. I'm not a guitarist myself. What do you know? Uh, nothing. I'm taking guitar lessons, but I can't do a damn thing. Exercise more, and sometimes when you're just starting out with the guitar, if you hold, like, a specific chord or, like, some kind of possession, your, uh, what is this? The wrist. Your wrist will get messed yes, up. Yes, that, 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 that is the wrist. I'm, <laughs> I, I, I'm glad you, I'm glad you know parts of the body. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Do, do you play any instruments? Um, mostly, um, no, because, um, I heard, like, some people play other instruments, but I never actually, um, got the chance to play them. But, if, but if I take this, um, however, if I took this, like, um, music class that is upcoming up, I might, I might be able to learn a thing or two about how to, meet, to make music from instruments. Okay. If, if you were to take, like, a class outside of this school for a specific instrument, what would it be? For starters, I should go with the... The bongos? Yeah, bongos. Bongos. Uh, that's a good one. Yeah, but we have some here. You want to play them? Yeah, sure. Not bad. <laughs> that was actually pretty good. Yeah, not, not bad coming from a guitarist. But yeah. yeah, I'm still like um, new to this, but I'll get the hang of it if I learn... Uh, a few other songs from my um, music that of my choosing. Right. Yeah, let me, let me see that. Be, be, better than I can do. Yeah. Wait. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> One instrument is enough. But I mean, if if you want to be like a producer like me, you gotta know you gotta know something, you know. But have have you ever played a song that's made someone fall asleep? Yes, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> do you and want me to play that specific song? Oh, please do. Okay. I I guess we have don't, to. Don't don't worry. Up. Don't worry. It's all for you, Twan. 
Point. <laughs> 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 oh we have to wrap things up. Um, <laughs> I don't know how to end this, so uh, Michael, please end it somehow. Uh, <laughs> Alright. Uh, yeah. I like to end it with the guitar. listening to the extracurricular club today we are going to learn a little about an amazing organization called best buddies it is the world's largest organization dedicated to any discrimination of people with intellectual and developmental disabilities is to promote inclusivity on the SDSU campus by um, pairing SDSU students in one-to-one friendships with students who have disabilities. And it's important and people like it because um, it makes them feel included and we have so much fun at all of our meetings. How how and why do Best Buddies start? And why is Best Buddies important? Best Buddies started um, to promote inclusivity in the community of adults with disabilities. And um, it's important because we want everyone to feel loved and included and we want everyone to have friends and to make them feel like they're a part of a bigger community. It's so important. And we want to show our friends with disabilities how incredibly special they are. Why should people trust organization like Best Buddies? Um, an organization like Best Buddies is not only fun to be at, but it also um, promotes a bigger ideal of inclusivity um, for all people, no matter what your skin color is or um, what your um, orientation is or what you like to do. We're all the same deep down. So um, people should come to Best Buddies so that they can have fun and meet people that are similar to them, but also different than them. How do, how do, Best Buddies and Symbolize Organization to help people get jobs. Um, we do meetings such as B3 meetings where we make coffee and we promote job making skills. So we practice skills like customer service and making coffee and brewing coffee as well as handling money um, and cash. So we do a bunch of different job making skills at different meetings. How do Best Buddies compare back effect on getting a job? Um, Best Buddies can promote people getting jobs because it creates a community and um, we spread the word by um, getting donations from different organizations. So for example, at our Spread the Word event, we had Maya's Cookies and other organizations. So when we ask them for donations, we also get the opportunity to tell them about Best Buddies and then that promotes um, hiring for adults with disabilities. And so we just get to spread the word and um, 
it just by word of mouth and helps people get jobs. How do organizations like Best Buddies um, Project and um, against um, etc. Yeah, so Best Buddies promotes inclusion um, and by um, not focusing on all of our differences, but rather focusing on our similarities and what makes us um, good friends to one another. Um, we can prevent things like racism and bullying and such. People from Best Buddies told me to get involved with Best Buddies and I've been involved with Best Buddies for five years now as a advisory board member, state ambassador, and as a publicity chair for Best Buddies in California, and that is how I got involved with Best Buddies. When I first joined Best Buddies, I felt nervous and did not have any confidence in myself, meeting new people that I didn't know there, and later on the organization made me feel comfortable and built my confidence up. Because I signed up, and I want to meet new people that I never met. And that's why I want to join Best Buddies. It's a good opportunity to meet others. My favorite part is the activities, spending time with my friends, talking to each other, having fun. And my also favorite part is the Best Buddies friendship walk and the banquet. That is the best part. How did you get started with Best Buddies? Let me see, I uh, did a um, online thing where I had to sign up for it. Um, I got to meet like a bunch of like new friends there. Um, besides that, I even have like buddies there. Um, I was nervous the first time when I was there. Um, I really like it. How did you get started with Best Buddies? Well, my, my friend, my friend was in Best Buddies, and she told me about it, so I decided to join. Would you recommend Best Buddies to other people? Yeah, I would recommend a lot of people to go to Best Buddies. What kind of things do you do in Best Buddies? Easy. We go to SDSU basketball. We we play some games and we do some karaoke. Thank you for everyone listening to the XR Curricular Club. To learn more about Best Buddies, please visit bestbuddies.org. You can also reach out to me directly by visiting bestlemixmovies.com and checking out the contact page and I can help you sign up. What are you two doing in my locker? We stealing your stuff. Yeah, you got a problem with that? Is that like still someone's property? What'd you say, tambourine? Uh-oh. Gotcha. We got you now, buddy boy. May I make a phone call first, please? Okay, you better make it fast. Hello, cops? I need some help with these bullies threatening my face. Okay? They're sending over a special cheer cheerleader. A special cheerleader? I'm Vernice Tulin, Pride Cheerleader to the rescue. L-T-G-E-O, let go of that boy or face the music. Face the music how? I'll show ya. Hiya! That cheerleader crushed our toes. He did warn us. Now it's time for you two to go to jail. You're not going to put us in jail. We're going to put you in jail. Oh yeah? Ready? You're on. Give me a cart. Cart. Give me a wheel. 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 
put it all together and what word is it? Cartwheel. Yay! Yahoo! Why you made it say cartwheel? I'll show ya. Hiya! Ride him in Texas. Thank you for saving me, Vernest. How can I repay you? By keeping up your good work. Will do. Well, I have to go and save more students. See ya! So long. Stay tuned for the next skit of Pride Cheerleader. Hello, I'm Jordan, and welcome to What If. I'll be your host today, and joining the panel are... Amon Hill. Hello, guys. I'm Sergeant G. And I'm Jazzy J. Together, we will discuss what we think people from the past who are no longer here would think about the world today. Let's get started. With all the division and all of the tragedy going on in our country, what would an important figure like Martin Luther King think about the world today? I mean, I honestly think he wouldn't... I don't think he would like it, for one, because of the division, obviously. And two, I think he would try to help out with, like, the Black Lives Matters movement and just trying to make that change like he, he did back then, you know? And he was very successful at it, so hopefully he'd be successful in in being a, a voice of, of peace and love today that he was back then. I was thinking maybe if he was still here, because I was thinking, like, if he saw the world and all these dangers, like, how would it make him feel and... What would he do to change it so people can feel peaceful with it? Mm, I just feel like if he was alive and saw the world today and how a lot of his effort is kind of going backwards now and being less and less appreciated and more blocked from our society in the U.S., I think he might um, feel way more regret and probably more disappointed in the country because we're starting going backwards, not forward. And how do you think he would uh, maybe try to help and and uh, be the voice for peace that he was? Well, it's like what I said before about the Black Lives Matter movement. I think in a way that he would try to help is he would, like he used to do those like, marches you know he'll probably just do the same thing and just try to help that way but i th the the biggest thing about martin luther king was that he was completely against violence and even when um you know the people that would uh talk to him and tell him that you know people were violent against them so they should be uh, you know, everybody thought that everybody should fight against everybody else. And he was very much against that. So I think that he would look at the world getting violent today and the maybe the racial division and be uh, very against that. And we also need to remember that we have come a long way since Martin Luther King was around. He did predict 
that we would one day elect a black president, which we did. So we we do have a way to um, still some problems, but we have come a long way, which I think that he would be very pleased with. And he would just, um, his dream was for people of all races and all colors to get along. So I think that he would just say that we all needed to remember that and all needed to treat each other with love and respect. And that's the most important thing that we should remember about what he would say about, say about today. I agree with Jordan, because like, um, like he said, Mark, Mr. King needs to make it fair for other people so they can be treated respectfully to live in harmony. But I feel if he was, I think he might take over the Black Lives Matter movement and maybe refix it because there were some moments it did turn violent and then he, he was totally against that. So I think he might fully rebrand Black Lives Matter as Everyone Matters or like basically trying to try to make it nonviolent and more peaceful. And also a lot of, um, we've also come a long way in uh, the way of technology and things and we can um, watch new movies in our homes uh, movie theaters are basically almost disappearing because you have Netflix and you can basically just order a movie on Netflix so um, coming to that uh, we know that the famous director Alfred Hitchcock was um, was a pillar of of uh, movie making and he um, did a lot of fascinating things, and people still talk about him today. But how do you think he might marvel at the strides we've made today in movie making? He, he, I feel he might be more disappointed because mostly now movies nowadays are pure remake, like like basically the common types, like basically. There's one movie is an action, and then another. They basically the plot rarely changes sometimes, or like the theme. But then a lot of people don't have an active imagination nowadays, because everything's been done most a lot of time in the movie industry. So like for Alfred Hitchcock, he was, he made Psycho, made all those famous films, and then a lot of them being redone by other directors. And nowadays too, like his Psycho movie was also redone, but like. Not a lot, like, like directors or scriptwriters are making ideas that are non-pre-made already and, like, make their own idea. I think that's why it might be more disappointed because less new ideas and more remakes or remasters. And there, there are those who are um, disillusioned with, you know, um, too many superhero movies being made and as great as those are some people say that there are too many of them and people rely too much on computer animation which um which alfred hitchcock didn't have so like you're saying matthew he had to rely more on his imagination and with the um a lot of people were disappointed with the remake of Psycho because it was more about um, gore, you know, like with the famous remake of the shower scene, it was more just about blood and guts rather than about the suspense and everything that we see from the original. So he might be yeah. disillusioned with that. But I think he would also be 
uh, be proud and amazed by the positive strides we've made. Yeah, and he would definitely be pleased, I think, with uh, uh, pr- the film and media program that we do here at Options for All. So I definitely agree with that. And then there's also um, the the great strides and and some uh, some back and forth that we've uh, made in music. So there's um, great musicians like Jimi Hendrix. And he was a pioneer in music, and a lot of people uh, look to him and his style. I mean, who can forget his version of the Star Spangled Banner at uh, Woodstock, right? So, um, and I think that people have even tried to imitate that, talking about people who of today who try to, um, you know, uh, imit- imitate great, um, musicians of the past, so he's also someone that everyone reveres. So, what do you think he would um, say about music today and the, everything that's going on with it? Um, I think that he would be a little bit disappointed, only because you know. With, I mean, don't get me wrong, confusion stuff art can be helpful at some point, but. Um, stuff like BandLab and all those other audio websites, they can crash, computers can crash completely. What if you, what if you lose all that work, you know? And then two, with newer, newer artists today, how most of them don't really play an instrument, they just use loops and they, they lose all that work and the computer crashes. Then what? You know, they have to start all over again. They have to refine all the loops, you know? So I, that's, you know, I, I think you'd be a little disappointed at that. For me, I think Jimmy Hendrix just might give up on the music industry because before it was more about talent and you writing your own songs, not like a whole team of writers, but mostly your own songs, knowing, you, knowing how to play and how to amaze the crowd with your talent. But now it's like all like people make like one hit, like like um theme beat the automatically famous. Well, there are also there are also a lot of talent shows and everything where where people get discovered, and that can be a great. Um, tool for that but i think that he'd be fascinated about the fact that someone can just download someone's song and it 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 can explode overnight i think that he would be um pleased with that and he'd be pleased that um people like um like him are still remembered and not forgotten but in terms of um, the compu- um, the computer and stuff, I think maybe auto-tune gets a little overused. Yeah. Like, and, and you, you might have someone who, who can't really sing, but they use auto-tune, so you can't really tell that they do. And there was a time when people just had to have talent because there was different um, ways of recording things and now they can like dress up the music and um, pretend that somebody can sing when they can't so there there is that but yeah but Jimi Hendrix could definitely play and I guess someone some would refer to him as a guitar god so. 
Oh, totally. He was, he was honestly, he was not of this world. He was amazing. You also have to think about the future generation. When a lot of the older generation passes away, and then the people who grew up with Jim Hens, like you, who are still young, but like part with the older generation also die out, he might be forgotten. Yeah, he he would he would be happy that that um, younger the a younger generation um, still listens to him. But how many is there of us that listen to that type of music? You know, nowadays it's all rap, and you know. So that's what I'm saying. Even though you're famous at one point, like Elvis, not a lot of people hear Elvis. I listen to Elvis, but I'm part with an older parents. But like for like younger generations, they really did not grow up with that. So technically, well, yeah, but the but but there is a movie out with uh, Elvis right now, and and there's um constant, there's there's constant um, you know, mo- movies about him, and people do impressions of him. And, um, you know, his, his house is practically a theme park, so I wouldn't say that he's forgotten. I know, but, like, how long until he, he will end up be forgotten? Like, Jimi Hendrix, there's some, if they do a movie, it brings him back up, but then for a while it dies down. and then exactly. So basically, in the end, all these famous musicians will be forgotten by the newer ones. I don't think so, but... Well, well, you gotta remember, like some of some people nowadays that are my age or younger, they don't. If their parents tell them that, they're not. Really, some some of us won't really care, you know. I mean, every, most all you hear on the radio mostly, unless you listen to one hundred and one five or something, is this all the newer stuff like Kendrick Lamar and stuff. But I think what's what's interesting about Elvis is that he uh, in his time was was not appreciated the way he is now and which is the case with most people but they thought because of the way he moved and everything that it was sexually suggestive and they they wanted to put him in jail just because of it and think of the think of the way we think of things today I mean, now people can move like him, and nobody thinks anything of it. So it's interesting to see how people's idea of him has changed. And those people back then who looked down upon him certainly never could have imagined him becoming the icon that he is today. Maseki also depends on the different decades of social interaction, because like, like in the f- 20 like the ten, like the tw- 10s and 20s and 30s you have to wear a suit so if there's the 40s and 50s just wear a suit wife stays at home like like basically like like man does all the work women does like, mm-hmm. stay at home but in the 60s 70s 80s it all changed and then now with the technology it increases more for more equality so basically it's different for every dec- every generation yeah, I seen like uh, people back in the days, like Michael Jackson, for example. He's like wearing suits, going on top of the stage and just dancing, making the people excited, and they like that stuff with all that energy in it. It makes it very powerful. No, but you also depend on different eras and different social um, outcomes of each singer. Like it might not be appropriate for uh, um, Elvis back then, or like you appreciate, but then. In the, in the future artists they did it as well and 
the rate that even think about is because it depends on the uh, um, socially of of what area and depends. Like even like for example, before the twentieth century, normals were way different too. Women really like it's kind of kind of the same, but way more different. Education was not mandatory; it was not even optional at all. It was like very rare, and then it's basically like every gen like generation and society increase over time, um, changes over time, affects the current, you know, outcome of people. But the fact that we can still remember Elvis and people still revere him, it really says something rather than somebody saying, who's Elvis? You know, very few people would ever say that. <laughs> but sadly, a lot of, there are most people that do say that, sadly. Because it's the people with the old, older family members will know more about it than the youngest because... A lot of families nowadays, like people born in the early 2001s and stuff, a lot of the families like lose contact with their own family members, so they don't understand the older music same as their parents. So then they move away from it, much of the modern stuff. Like for my sister, she's listening to a lot of rap and stuff. It's like, why are you listening to this crap? What parts of Elvis? So like, she likes a lot of different music, but she likes a lot of modern music than the past music. So it's like. I, I really don't get really modern music because it's like purely like crazy not like or like for example Elvis was like crazy too but has has some kind of order in his songs like the promised land or like like all the jailhouse rock like basically all that had like an order to it but now like craziness in modern songs there aren't many though who would say who's Elvis and if if you do say that you're told so the one thing that I don't understand about Elvis, like just in, how, like how are people gonna say that he's still alive? He's, dude's clearly dead. Be, because that's that's the other thing. Because they don't want him to be. They can't. So many people can't accept that he is gone. But in a way, he's not really gone because he's he's up there with the legends that we just talked about yeah. and everything. Yeah. Yeah. So, yes, I think this was a very good discussion. Um, it's sad that some people are, are, are gone and, and leave us um, so, uh, too soon. But I think that we have a responsibility to remember them and um, what they believed. And as long as, as we do that and we honor them in the correct way, then they're never really gone. But what if we all just remember to, um, those of us who are here, remember to make the world a better place as we go on and live in it. Um, thank you for, for joining us on What If? And I'm Jordan, your host, and this has been a very good discussion. Thank you for joining us. Since the 1960s, the media has portrayed reanimated corpses, but they were not always called zombies in all of these depictions. Still, they were the same 
in the idea of mindless hordes of people wanting to devour the living. Many movies and games have shown this, the first being the 1968 film Night of the Living Dead. Other notable movies are Shaun of the Dead, Zombieland, Evil Dead, World War Z, Train to Busan, and others. There are also shows like AMC's The Walking Dead and others, and there are video games like Telltale's The Walking Dead, Daisy, Left 4 Dead, Resident Evil, and of course, The Last of Us. In most of these movies, shows, games, and books, the infection is viral and spread by people through bites, or sometimes if they die during the apocalypse. But in The Last of Us, it's different. It's not a virus. Nope, not even a strain of bacteria. It's, it's fungus. And yes, it is spread through bites, but it's the spores that really spread the infection. Now, if I were to tell you that an infection by the undead was possible, you'd most likely laugh at me and say that I'm dumb or that I'm an idiot. Yeah, you wouldn't believe me. And yes, you would be correct, but not entirely. Before the, the show came out, I would have been with you in saying that zombies could never exist. But after episode 1 it came out on January 15th, I no longer think that it's impossible. Doubtful? Yeah, sure. Improbable? Definitely. But impossible? No. Not a chance. And I'll tell you why. You see, there's this fungus that infects insects, like ants, flies, and other small bugs. This fungus is called cordyceps. It takes over its host body, controlling them, and turning them into these, like, puppets. These mind-controlled puppets. These fungi can't infect us because they can't survive in our warm bodies. They can't survive in temperatures higher than 94 degrees. And they have no need to evolve at the moment. But if the temperature were to get warmer, like say due to climate change and global warming, then they may actually have a need to evolve, and may be able to take over our minds, turning us into these mindless creatures. And right now there's no vaccine, no way to prevent it, no cure. It's not even possible to make a vaccine. So if that happens, that's it. We lose. Game over. Thank you for listening to What's New Today at OFA. To learn more about the film and media program at Options for All, please visit optionsforall.org. And remember, you have options too.